Welcome to the Human Reboot with me, Emma Last. We have uplifting, inspiring and diverse reboot stories from people sharing the courageous, honest, authentic and sometimes difficult life lessons. The Human Reboot will provide proven mentally flourishing formulas and practical tips to help you to live life to the full, giving you direction and hope. Make your mental fitness and well-being a daily priority. Learn to pause so that you can get clear and perform at your best. Switch off to switch on. It's time for your human reboot. On the Human Reboot podcast today, I have with me Tasneem Ali. Tasneem is an authentic leadership coach and helps ambitious introverts get out of their own way and grow their career by creating an authentic leadership presence. Tasneem works with individuals and organizations on a one-to-one basis, as well as offering group coaching, training and workshops. And she talks about empowering people's thinking for powerful action. Welcome, Tasneem. Thank you, Emma. Pleasure to be here. So tell me a little bit more about your mission. My mission is quite simple. It is impacting people's lives through the leaders that they work with. So I work with leaders who want to create a strong leadership presence so they can continue to grow in their lives. But the mission is really much broader than that. What we know is that that when people come to their jobs on a day-to-day basis, it's they we take our professional life and we take that home. People say, oh, you switch off. But if you've had a great day, it will transcend into the evening. If you've had a bad day, some there will be some things that you take back home as well. So keeping that theory or, or, or that fact in mind, when I work with leaders, they not only, if, if they improve and if they work through whatever they're going through, not only do they impact their own personal lives, but it's how they lead their teams and impact those lives as well. So by working with one leader, I am actually impacting many more people that they come in contact with and thereby multiplying the impact that I can make. Oh, it's very true. I've not necessarily thought of it like that. So on the Human Reboot, we always ask about your reboot story or stories. So please would you share with us a time when you've had to overcome adversity, challenge or change and how you've rebooted your life at that point? So it goes back roughly about, I would say, four to five years ago. I, I've always been sort of almost a high achiever, a type A personality who wants to get things done, but do it in a really, really good manner. And my background in, in the corporate life is into market research. So I was extremely passionate about what I did. I've moved countries quite a bit. So no matter where I went, the, the change of moving countries really didn't stop me from doing really well at what I did in my day job. And then there was suddenly a point where roughly I remember it was just before Christmas and I absolutely love the holiday period. I think it's the best time of the year. You know, it just perks you up. And yet there was something that was pulling me down. I was demotivated. I, I had to p- constantly push myself to go to work, to do my best. I had people reporting to me, I had clients to serve. And it was almost like a struggle 
And I thought I was burnt out. And I mean, I was like, okay, holiday season is coming up. More time with the family. I'm just going to unwind and relax and it's going to be all right. In January, that feeling was still there. I was just, I was, I, I just, I just couldn't be excited about my work. And now me and my manager were really, really, really well and really close together. And this is after a few months when I actually opened up and I told her what was going on. She was shocked. She's like, how long has this been going on? And at that point, I realized how well I've hidden it from the people in my life, even the people who see me every single day of what was going on. At that point, I went and I seeked help. I went to my GP. She's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. But looking back, I think she misdiagnosed me. And she said, I'm depressed. And I said, well, I need a quick fix. This cannot continue. I can go on pills if I need to, but let's do it. And funny enough, the pills would work for a week and then they wouldn't. Then I kept changing them and nothing would work because I wasn't depressed. And it's only looking back now that I feel right around that time when I was going through that period, I was also discussing bigger questions in life. Like it was more existential. It's why are we here? What is the purpose of this world? And I think that it's only when I reflected back, I realized that there was something more. It, it, it definitely wasn't depression that I know. It was, it was burnout. And for me, the meaning of burnout in my life wasn't just pure exhaustion. It was actually about doing meaningful, passionate work. If the meaning of that was changing, I was just pushing through, putting in 10, 12 hours because of this, this ethical need to be honest to my work and do what I needed to do. I enjoyed what I was doing back then, but I wasn't passionate about it anymore. Yeah, you, yeah I can really empathize with that. And it's sometimes when you've been so passionate about your work and so driven and such a high achiever, and that's... That is what many of our listeners are on the Human Reboot podcast. We're high achievers. We're we're probably verging on work addicted and we have to watch ourselves. And so sometimes when you were passionate about getting a result, we're passionate about the purpose that we're or whatever we're involved in. And sometimes it's quite a shock when all of a sudden you sit there and almost feel numb and disconnected to where you're going or the work that you're doing. And it's, it is quite, it's quite shocking really, because it's completely the opposite to what you, to how you normally are and how you normally work. Yeah. And hence, I think it didn't even occur to me that, you know, what I can only see reflecting back in the moment, it didn't even occur to me, but for me, that's always been extremely honest in what I do. I was working hard and I thought if I just push through this period, it's going to be fine. And I think that's when I came across coaching. I got coached and it was truly transformational. And that made me realize that Back then and always, I've been uh, insanely passionate about leadership. The number of books that I've read, I speak to leaders, I seek them out. And it's just, I think it's, it's a way to make a true impact in people's lives, the people who you work with. And it's not just about people who report to you, right? It's people generally who you work with. And I think that when I came across coaching, I actually realized that for me, what was missing was making a true impact. Because now I was at a position where I was leading people. I'd moved away from my passion of analysis and reporting and doing all of that. And there was a big gap that I'd actively fit in for myself. 
And that was impacting lives. And while I was doing it at the team level, I needed it to be a bigger mission in my life. And hence, I started thinking about coaching because it is one sure way of making an impact one life at a time. And and that's how I think I almost overcame what I was going through, slowly but surely working towards adding uh, more meaning to my life. Oh, so at what point did you realize that? I think it was through coaching that this would this would probably be, I would say, a year into what I was feeling. And I just started coasting along, did my best. I really didn't know where this is going to go because everything was really new of this not being motivated or not wanting to do what I was doing. And it was a struggle to to keep doing my, my top job. And I think when I went through coaching, I actually realized, I think it was probably three sessions in that I'll say, this is the kind of work that I want to do. Now, will it be full time? Will I completely pivot or will I add on? Because I still enjoyed what I was doing, but there was just something else missing in my life. And it was existential. It was about thinking that tomorrow, if I die, whose life have I impacted? Who's going to remember me beyond my immediate family and friends? And literally the answer was nobody. And I'm like, is that, is that what I'm going to be, right? And, and I was like, I need to find a way to do something in the world that I've made a difference, even if it's very, very small. And I think that's where my journey began. Yeah, I talk a lot about inspiring the world within your reach. And that is, it's, it is, it's like changing lives one step at a time. Because if you help one person, it might be that they help others or they share some information with others or gets them to think differently or changes how they are. And it's almost like a, what would you say, like a wave, isn't it? As it gathers momentum. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just love what you said, because it is about finding how do you make your corner of the world just a little better. And it's, I, I think that it's for me, even speaking about everything that I went through, it, it's taken a while. But I've realized that the first time I did speak about it, somebody thought about something differently in their lives, and they made a change. And it takes quite a bit of courage. I've listened to your other episodes and I feel like it takes a lot of courage for people to talk about their story. But then I think it is through channels like these where you're making a difference in somebody else's lives. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked a little bit about whether you decided whether you did that full time or whether you kind of kind of added that onto what you were doing. So how did you how have you made that transition? I So my coaching is part-time. I am very passionate about it. And that's something that I am going to continue doing. I am, I do lead a team in my day job. And I think that I really try and make a true difference in, in people's lives because it's not so much about being in a senior position anymore because I've taken on a human angle to how I work with people for a very long time. I think that it's almost like I can make a difference in people's lives when what I do, what I do in my day job. And then the evenings and weekends when I coach, that just, it's, it's almost like it rejuvenates me by working with people on a one-to-one level. And I feel like now my life is a lot more complete and I'm a better person with my family as well. 
Yeah. It's almost like you found your way to kind of replenish yourself because sometimes I I will start coaching people where they're perhaps on the verge of quite stressed or have had a loss in their life or going through a real career change. So they could come to me kind of not in a great place. And somebody said to me, she was like, that must be really, really like tiring and exhausting for you. I don't, I don't feel that way about it. It is like, it's because you're watching the transformation before your eyes. And then when you mentioned about session three and three sessions, you started to think real, see real transformation. And yeah, I was, I've got kind of an example of somebody that I'm, you know, I'm coaching at the moment and it was interesting because when I first in session one, I, it was just like, right, I'm just going to, I think I can help, but I just need to gauge because there was a lot of change going on and do I need it to direct to therapy or not? And that first session, literally, so she came and said three out of 10 at the moment. By the end of that session, she said, I'm a six or a seven. And then really interestingly, so we're talking about her and personal struggles, if that makes sense. We we do a session in, in the second like session and it was probably more of a mentorship session, really, that session, because it was more about educating her around change and navigating change and things like that. And then it was really interesting. So she said, oh, and she came back to that session saying she was a six or a seven. By the end of that session, we were, she said, I, I think I can, I'm probably an eight. And then the next session, she came to me and said, right, I want to talk to you about my career. So just in just two sessions, just taking back some control, she started to see her life differently and her her mindset switched. And then by session three, she's now kind of looking at actually how she can move forward with things again. So it's interesting, isn't it, that you said back within three sessions. It's, I, I I completely agree. I think that as you were speaking, I was just thinking about my own transformation and how when you get over that initial big block or whatever that is holding you back from there, it's, there's so much more clarity, not that you still don't have stuff that you need to work through, but because you have that clarity, now you can, the speed with which you go after things, is just incredibly different. And what came to my mind, as I also focus specifically on introverts as well, and because I do feel that they, they operate in a, in, a, in a different way, especially ones who are extreme introverts. And I, I am not an extreme introvert, but I am an introvert. And things like I've been told all my life that I need to network more and I need to shine more and I need to join this committee and I need to be, it's not that it's out of my comfort zone. I can do things which are out of my comfort zone. But if they're not in line with who I am, I'm always pushing against a grain and it just doesn't work. Things have to be in flow for you. So um, going back to what I was about to say is one of my clients who I was working with, he was at a point where it was this mixed middle thing where he was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to sort out my life. And he's only 30. And for him, he, he, just, he just didn't know what was going on with him. And he came to me basically saying, I need clarity and I don't know what that clarity looks like. And it is, it is basically a, a few sessions in that he found such clarity. And what actually it was, was the ability to work with people effectively. And that might sound really simple, but if you're an extreme introvert, which you're very driven and he's exceptionally smart in what he does, 
combining a high achiever type A personality with being an introvert and trying to shine through in your career. It is such a struggle. And it's only when you're in that position that can you really identify what's going on for you. And it's three sessions in, we find we nailed down exactly what was going on for him. And the rest of our entire program was focused on how to, how to find your flow, how to really be and own your authentic self and then lead people and yourself to basically whatever it is that you want to do in life. And it is that kind of work that it, it, it excites you. You mentioned that people say that, oh, it can be pretty exhausting when you take people you know, who are stressed out. And it's funny, I've seen so much uh, material out there about you know, why people should go specifically for supervision because you can take on a lot, you can, you can absorb a lot of your clients' emotions. And somehow I've never resonated with that because I feel like when I go into the sessions, I go with the mindset that in a humble way, I'm here to make a difference. So let's see how we can do that. And I'm excited by that. Yeah, I do think supervision is really helpful as part of a coach's development. But I do think there is a difference between the supervision that you have when you're a therapist, for example, and the supervision that you have when you're a coach. So it's in terms of being a therapist, you're taking on, you are taking on in some ways a lot you may be dealing with trauma and it's having that time to talk those things through with someone else and I suppose it depends how you process it as well so I do think it is it is an integral part of making sure that a therapist isn't taking on too much for example but with a coach I suppose it's more and a coach and a mentor it's more for your own development I would see the way I sort of see it I know there's things that you do need to talk through but and if you were doing only coaching all the time, that might be the case. But I think when, because you do training and you do different things, don't you? Like I, I do coaching, individual coaching, group coaching, training, strategy within businesses. So it's not, it's not all that I do it. It's not, I'm not doing six clients a day, let's say. It's not, you know, repeated over, over and over. I think there's probably more need for supervision when you are doing more in terms of a therapist job that's really it's often quite one-dimensional isn't it not not one-dimensional but it is you are seeing patient after patient and I think that's why they need that need it more in some respects yeah Um, I agree I think I use supervision more for development and how to hone the skills how to overcome challenges that I don't know how to and it's more I think right now at least where I am in terms of my development as a coach I use it more to sharpen my skills and ensure that I'm showing up fully and as as expertly as I can for my clients yeah I would agree and just sometimes discussing when in a certain point in a coaching session looking at what what well, what other direction could you have gone? That sort of thing, right? So you you mentioned about introversion massively introvert interests me. So it's really interesting because I am like normally extroverted. When I'm in a smallish group, when I'm quite extroverted in terms of I will I will be the first to speak. I will put my ideas forward, perhaps, and I can kind of encourage others to open up and things like that. But there's part of me that has always been really introverted. And when you talked about networking and meeting new people, hate, I hate it. That for me is just like, 
oh, makes me feel sick. And sometimes when, and I've had, we have to do that as part of our job or whatever, but I find that quite draining. And people, and I suppose when you start looking into introversion and extroversion, people say it's it's often about how you kind of refill your cup or how you get your energy. It's, it's the extroverted pe- people need people to almost refuel their fire, if that makes sense. And introverted people need some time to sit back and replenish themselves, if that makes sense, to kind of re- refill their cup. I'm like a mishmash of the two. So I've done a couple of different personality type things. And in one of them, I came out, I can't even remember what it was, but it was on more on the extra, it was like more on the extroverted side. Then I went and I started thinking, is this quite right? Because am I an, an ambivalent? Am I somewhere in the middle? So then I've went on and actually it was following a recording of one of my guests and she said she's done developed a quiz for introverts and it won't basically let you pass if you're not an introvert I came out as an introvert but an introvert that is that was like I can't remember an engaging introvert or so so it was like Although there was parts of me that were in that came across sort of slightly extroverted, so I was an extra. So I'm an extroverted introvert. Can I add a twist to that? <laughs> it's it's, just, it's it's so interesting that you say that because I think that I uh, didn't uh, truly understand what was introversion extroversion until I took Myers Briggs a few years ago, and I almost always struggled. And I think that what I've uh, through all my research and working with my clients and understanding myself and going through personal development, what I've understood is, so I think that if you look at the scale and if middle point is where it determines whether you're an introvert or extrovert, I would just say I tip slightly on the introversion side, but I've got a confident personality. And because I speak up, and I think that's what I was hearing from you, is associating that confidence and that ability to speak up with extroversion, what we think is our, we might be extroverts. And hence, when it comes to networking or building your profile, you think, oh, but why can't I do that? Why isn't it working? It's because there's a confident part of you that is not that doesn't hold you back to say what you need to do. But then there's all these things about making small talk, doing things with purpose and meaning rather than, I mean, I think that when I look at extroverts and how they can go around the room and make small talk and laugh, I'm like, oh, I wish I was that. But I think that even the ability to stay in a small group and have a deep conversation and come out of that and feel like that was great time, that's me. And it's almost understanding the clear differences between the extrovert and the introvert part of you is extrovert really just confidence what is it and exploring that and really understanding your personality is I think that for I believe that for everyone that's really the first step in now saying okay if I understand who I am I know what drives me and I know what is in flow for me how can I take this forward now yeah whether it's my personal life my professional life and really live authentically because it's almost like if you don't understand you you don't you really don't get it I, I mean well I'm I'm I feel like I'm extrovert but I can't do half the things what's going on and it's just reframing or understanding it so you can reframe yeah it's definitely it's it's definitely interesting and I think I don't know if you can em- emphasize with this at all but as we've got 
a lot of people obviously found it more difficult that we were doing more work on Zoom. And to begin with, that was really exhausting sort of for me, that transition of being online sort of all the time. But then now when I go out and I'm training more face-to-face, I, I find like, a, I've, it's like, oh, I've, I've seen loads of people today. Right, I need a rest. <laughs> 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 oh yeah that I that that's that's really interesting because I remember when I used to travel for um conferences and you know internal meetings and whatnot and you're done for the day at 6 p.m you're you're going back to the hotel and somebody says yep right see you in half an hour for drinks and I'm like oh my god how do you guys do that I am exhausted and I don't think it was physical exhaustion it was just I just needed some time and then there was a bit of formal that if I don't go, I don't show up, I don't, everybody else is there. And it's almost like understanding that, that, okay, I won't see you in half an hour. I'll probably see you in an hour when I've had time to myself, I've, you know, had downtime, I've taken a shower. And if I'm ready, then I'll show up. It's, but yeah, I completely agree with you. It's, it's great when you're with people, but you need time to step back and just take a rest. Yeah. But if I don't have enough interaction with people, then I do need people it's bit, it's but yeah. So I've still not quite worked it out exactly what I am. That's that's a journey I'm going through right now. So on the human reboot, we always ask, how do you switch off so you can switch on and perform at your best? That's an interesting question. I think for me, it is a walk in nature. And it took me a while to really figure out how do I really switch off? And I've realized that whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening, it's almost like if I go for a walk, even if it's a short half an hour, it doesn't have to be a power walk. It's just a walk. It almost gives me this new energy and time to focus on what really is in my mind and have that clarity of thought that allows me to really move forward in a very, very clear and a, in a very relaxed way. But I think that I, I underestimated the power of walks. Only if I realized or figured it out before in my life, I think that in terms of the, the stress levels that I've gone through, I probably wouldn't have. Yeah, I love a walk. We also ask all about... What if you were to share something with our audience, what would you say is your flourishing formula for living? So if it's, is it, do you have any mantras that you live by or anything, any like habits or boundaries or mental fitness tips or anything like that that might help? Somebody, I guess, who gets really inspired by either other people or specifically quotes. There is one quote that I've had on my desk for as long as I can remember, and this goes back to to when I was studying, is uh, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And it's almost like when there are negative thoughts or when things just seem impossible, I can look at that and I remember that I am in control. And if only I can conceive it and I can believe it, I will find a way to achieve it. And whether that's clarity or whether that's growing my business to X number by so many years, it's it's all it all starts with how you think and what you believe. Oh, that's really good. I I, I like that. It's just a, a real kind of stark reminder, isn't it, to just kind of step back and refocus. Yeah, absolutely. And mindsets. Everything. 
everything starts with mindsets, isn't it? It's it's quite, it's, I think that when you, you're a coach, so you know that when you get trained and you start seeing the world in a very different and open way that you didn't think was possible because it all starts with your mindset, whether you think the famous quote, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Yeah. It's another one. So you said that you read a lot. You've read a lot of leadership books. So have you got any recommendations for our listeners of anything that, you know, anything that really has inspired you? I would say that given the audience will be in, whether it's running the business, not doing any work in corporate life, I would probably recommend a book that's more on self-leadership, which I think has had huge impact um, on my life is Robin Sharma's 5am club. I think that the concept of what he shares of why you should get up early in the morning and what your routine should be to really accelerate your life. I That has had a huge lasting impact in terms of how I have reshaped my days and how I live it. And I would highly recommend anyone who hasn't read it or heard it through audiobooks to really go and pick that book up. Okay. So do you get up at 5am then? I get up at 530 Okay. Do you know what? It's really interesting because I don't get up as early as I used to. I just feel like I need more. I've felt like I've needed more sleep to kind of replenish myself. But I I will go and read that book and I'll find out. I'll find out exactly what you're talking about. You talked earlier on about that human element. You said, when I'm, I want to be like a human leader. And I don't know if you've listened to some of the podcasts where I'm huge, hugely passionate about helping leaders to be more human, if that makes sense, and human mm-hmm. leadership. So what what is human leadership to you? I think before anything, keeping the person in front of you, front and center. It's, it's about understanding that work will always be there, no matter what you do. If, if you're, whether it's you're in a corporate job or you're running your own business or you're somebody who's a carer or stays at home, there'll always be something to do. But when you're working with people, when you're leading them, And if you just keep the person in mind first and the work later, by focusing on people, actually by default, they'll take care of your work because they feel listened to, appreciated, acknowledged, recognized. The greatest human need is to be acknowledged and recognized. And if you if you just keep that in mind, I think that focusing on people and what they need is is it's a human, it's a human right. And if you take that away and you say, no, you know what, Um, this work needs to be done. And I really don't care if it's 6 p.m. And I've gone through that many, 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 many times in my career. Or somebody saying Friday evening that this needs to be done and I need it by Monday morning. Well, the only way it's being done is if I'm working weekend. And you're in a position where you just can't say no. And the other person doesn't care what you might have planned for your life. And I think that it's keeping that human element. So I'll give you an example. One of my team members, it was quite, it was quite scary. She got COVID and she took some time off. She, she tried to log on after five days when she wasn't well. And my first reaction was, what are you doing? What, what, why are you online when you're, you have high fatigue, you're coughing, and what you need to do is focus on yourself. Yes, did it mean that somebody else was picking up her load, especially during time when, you know, it's, it was insanely busy for us? Yes. But if we all pull together and, and split up the work, 
the person who needs the rest and needs to look after herself because health comes first before everything else is really important. And she's fairly junior. And I've been there. And when you're junior, you feel like you just need to do more and you don't have the liberty to raise your hand and say, I need time off. And you feel all these extra pressures, which shouldn't be. And then her annual leave was coming up. But she was sick. And I'm like, you need to, can't, you, I mean, you, you can't really t- take up annual leave when you're sick. And it's that's what I mean. I think that we need to remember that people are humans. They go through stuff and you must take care of them. And knowing how committed and how, how ethical she is in her work, I, I'm not worried. I know that when she comes back, she's going to be excelling, taking up, you know, doing whatever that needs to be done. But right now, she needs the time to look after her health. And it is our moral responsibility to provide that. Yeah. And how is she doing now? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really thankful. She's absolutely fine. She's recovered and she's all good, which is a huge relief. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And that's interesting. I wonder how many workplaces would actually say what you said. So it's almost like cancel your holidays because you can't have a holiday. You can't take your annual leave or you you can't do what you would normally do. So get better first and then take that leave because you still need that break. Mm, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. I, I just hope that there are many, many more people who think like that. It's I, I have been fortunate enough to work with people who, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think that I get comments that maybe I think too much about that. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that I, I think that my personal experience is that when somebody has been kind to me, when they've recognized my potential, or they've just focused a bit about what I've done in a, in a meaningful way. If anything, I've I've made sure that I don't ever let them down. You know, I've given more of myself, and it's yeah, it's ultimately we're people, right? It's that's what we need to do: focus on people, be human. Yeah, we're not robots, are we? Yeah, it it, it really resonates with me. Something that I talk a lot about is if if you look after your people, you you get to understand your people, you care, you actually care about them as individuals and you ask how their family is and you and you kind of get to know a little bit about about them and what makes them tick. When you do that and you show that you genuinely care about that and you care about them, then the results take care of themselves. And it's about sometimes it's like when you talk about the soft skills, because people sometimes say to you, say to me, well, you deal with like soft skills and (laughs) actually some of those soft skills are probably some of the most important things that we can give as organizations, as leaders to support people to perform at their best and to live their life to the full and to bring the results into the organization that we need. 100% agree. I think that it is the soft skills with the quotation marks that actually enable you to grow because everyone, if they really apply themselves and they're passionate about what they're doing, they'll at least be good, if not excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the Human Reboot podcast. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how are they best to do that? 
Well, best is to look up Tasneem Ali I, and probably Fervent Living will come up. And uh, I'm sorry, I meant on LinkedIn. I think the best way to reach me is just connect uh, with me on LinkedIn, send me a message. I'm always open for a quick chat and see where that goes. Uh, love connecting with people. But Emma, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure and it's a thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you. Oh, I've loved it too. Thank you for listening to the Human Reboot podcast. I'm Emma Last. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star podcast review and visit thehumanrebootmovement.com where you can find downloadable free resources, sign up to my mailing list or connect with me on social. So that's thehumanrebootmovement.com. Let's switch off so we can switch on. It's time for your human reboot.